Welcome back to the Daily Football Show. Joel Frucci with you, Tony TP2 Pasolia, Matt Winley, Rob Crawford, and uh, on the line, Riley Dobson. Uh, we've uh, got her on as a semi regular, of course, for the Women's World Cup, as we uh, told you last week. We enjoyed her debut, and she's back on the line today. Welcome back, Riley. Hi, guys. Uh, great to have you back on. How are you going? Yeah, good, good, good. A little bit tired from all yeah, the, the late nights and early mornings, but, um, you know, it's all worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Tired myself, but uh, happy. I think we're all happy because, uh, of course, the Matildas got up this morning against Jamaica. They did what they had to do, 4-1, and, uh, well, Sam Kerr just stood up when she needed to. And uh, as a as a forward, as the captain, that's uh, exactly what we wanted to do when, uh, in the big moments, and she certainly stood up. Yeah, no, she certainly did. I think um, it was a bit of a sigh of relief this morning when that final whistle went for everyone. Um, it was just a matter of how many goals were we going to score, where were we going to finish and who our next opponent was. Um, so I think the girls now are going to really push aside everything that's happened and, and focus on what's ahead with Norway. And, of course, playing Jabanka this morning, uh, I guess notorious weak opposition if you look at the results throughout the tournament. It wasn't the most perfect of performances. Uh, first half we were pretty solid, but... Conceding so early in the second half really ruled out any possibility of, of, of getting the goals that we needed to, to top the group. Where do you think um, the need for improvement is, I guess, most desired? Is it at that high line, that defence that's often been talked talked about throughout the tournament, or is it there more to it than that? Um, I honestly think it's a bit of a flow-on effect at the moment. Watching the games, it's becoming more and more apparent, particularly in the Italy game and, and moving forward, that we still don't have a number six. We have two sixes either not being played, being played out of position um, in Elise Kellanite and Ivy Lewick. And there we don't we don't have anyone steering the ship at the moment. We don't have anyone in that midfield that's really controlling the game, controlling the tempo and we need that. And because we don't have a six and, and the midfield is going astray, I suppose, in a way. The defence is really struggling with transition. Um, the attackers from the opposition have really seen this. They're getting through too easily. Um, I know that Milicic has said that they're working on, on all these things, but we're not really seeing the outcome of that. Direct play um, when it comes to the, the defensive line as well is becoming, particularly with Jamaica, they were direct with their goal. And in all honesty, we should have been down 3-2. Their big striker, Shaw, missed two screamers um, in quick succession. So realistically, we could have been down 3-2 last night, purely this morning, purely through direct play and quick transition. It's becoming glaringly obvious. Um, And the question is, what are we going to do about that coming into Norway? Because they're going to be clinical and they're going to be technical. They're going to see what what the issues that we've had and they'll capitalise on that. Riley, it's Matt. Uh, an extension of that, um, someone you know obviously very well from from City, uh, Steph Catley, playing in the middle of defence, probably got caught out a couple of times this morning as well. Ideally, mm-hmm. she would be out on the flank if, if all things being equal with you know everyone available. Would you like to see that happen in any case or do you think it's sort of just a, an unfortunate situation whereby not everyone available that we would like and she's the best option um, to, to hold up the, the centre of def- defence with Alana Kennedy? Uh, look, I agree in the current situation um, and where we stand with our defenders and in injuries, she is the best option to be in the centre-back role with Alana. Um, I was surprised um, with the left-back selection. Um, and look, Carly, she got caught out a few times, and I think that's why Steph got caught out in her positioning as well. Yep. Um, and sure used her as a bit of a speed hump on a couple of occasions, but that's just part of being a defender and even being an attacker. 
in a defensive role. Um, I mean, we had other options that we could have utilised. Um, you know, Elise Keller Knight was obviously rested um, for her legs coming into the, the next big game. Um, but then you've got the likes of Caitlin Ford. Um, her first World Cup, she played left, right, back, and she was named a Rookie of the Year. So I don't understand why we couldn't have potentially used her as a solid option. And she's one of those ones. She has the engines to go to get forward and to get back. Um, so there was a couple of potentials for there. But I think the best defensive line that we have at this time is, is what we had against Brazil. The girls were a lot calmer. Yes, yep. we conceded goals, um, but we were a lot stronger. I think we looked a lot short, a lot more sure-footed as well. Up front, Riley, I think what, what was interesting for me after the game was, yes, there were four goals there for the Matildas, and, of course, Sam Kerr did the work, got the goals. But um, a lot of people on our Facebook page in particular, their feedback seemed to be that um, at times there was, um, I guess, a, a bit of a lack of potency, I guess, for a better phrase, and, and mm-hmm. at times... Uh, an over-reliance on Sam Kerr, potentially, I guess, at the start of the second half where things were starting to skew a little bit. I think that's what they may have been referring to. And, um, you know, I thought there were, um, you know, some notable good performers up front. I thought apart from Sam Kerr, Emily Gilnick was probably our best mm. player. I thought she was excellent this morning. But in terms of what we were able to produce up front, did you do you sort of buy into that, that potentially, um, I guess, there was a bit of a, a lack of potency at times? Because... Certainly, I guess there were more chances than, um, I guess, four goals. But I guess by contrast as well, it probably says a lot about how far the Matildas have come and how much we expect from the Matildas that we're in this position where um, the games are being won 4-1, but, uh, you know, still picking apart things like that. Completely agree. There's that lack of potency and just that creativity up front. My opinion is that we do rely on Sam Kerr way too much. I mean, you look at how Brazil defended against her. They were physical with her. They marked her out of the game. And that's what your European teams are going to do because they're smart in that regard. So the question is, okay, so Sam's not scoring goals. If Sam's not scoring goals, who is? Because we're looking at no one really at the moment. It's almost like the girls are either too scared to do things because they don't want to not achieve the goal or to lose the ball. And sometimes you've got to take that risk as a striker. Um, you know, you're going to be criticised, but the biggest thing that I've learned as a striker myself is it doesn't matter how bad your game is. If you score a goal or you set up the goal that wins the game or makes the difference or causes that that change in the game, no one's going to remember how bad, you, bad you've played. They're going to remember for what you've done for your team and what you've achieved. I feel like almost the girls just aren't confident or trust each other up the top. Um, there's no fluidity in how we're moving. Uh, we're not making penetrating runs. We're not looking for passing between the lines. That's something that Jess Fishlock used to be very good at. It's, the girls aren't even trying to run off the shoulders of players. It's, I don't know whether this is something that they've been instructed, um, but I basically would love to see them start being aggressive, start getting physical with the opposition and really basically scrapping around for that ball and winning it higher up the park because, that's when we're dangerous. That's what. That's something we used to always tackle on. And at the moment, I feel like we're just a little bit scared in potentially things going wrong. I know we've spoken about our <coughs> tactical, I guess, rigidity, as it as it were. We've we've been a team that's been reluctant to change things during games. And I know Norway, as an opposition, were very um, adaptable, even within games against uh, France, and I think in their most recent fixture as well. So. I guess moving forward, uh, probably the highlight of the Brazil game was was the actual um, 
interplay between Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford and the fact that they actually spoke to each other mid-game and suggested to swap roles, which obviously Ante's given them the freedom to do. But I guess playing against Norway, who are you know a, a stern European opposition, and we've talked about our record against European teams and how tactically they, they appear to be smarter than us, is that that number six role that you've talked about, and we clearly haven't played anyone other than Emily Van Egmond, and I think Ivy obviously came on earlier this morning, but do we need to see Emily Van Egmond further up the park to maybe add to that creativity as well as obviously pushing KK into that number six role? I guess robbing Peter to pay Paul, because you did mention that I guess that defensive line against Brazil was probably where we were at our strongest, but, but clearly KK is the most, uh, I guess, heralded in terms of that player that can sit in front of the defence and actually start play? Look, I, that's a really good point. Uh, for me, Emily needs to play higher up the park. She has a great passing range. So she's someone that if she picks the ball up within our own higher up in our own half and with the speed that we do have up front, all it's going to take is a ball over the top, a ball through the line, and she has the ability to do that. But at the moment, we don't seem to have a player um, who's in that eight or ten position that can play through the lines at this stage. Um, so I do agree moving Emily up the park would be an ideal situation. The, the biggest thing is, and I think a lot of people forget, Elise Kellen-Knight played most of her career as a left back and a stellar left back at that. So the other option is, I mean, she's made World Cup you know, starting 11 team, like team of the tournament as a left back previously as well. It's been only been in about the last four or five years that she's converted to playing to the six. So the other option is, and you want someone who's a bit of rough and tumble, is you can leave Elise Keller Knight as the left back and you can bring Ivy Lewick in, who is highly talented and skilled, but is very, very smart in her awareness of people around her and her ability to play through lines. So she's another option. I mean, that's only going to shore up our defensive situation as much as our attacking one as well. Um, but I have a feeling that Ante's going to stay with what he knows and what he likes. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we had Emily still in that sixth role. We've been talking about this World Cup for what feels like forever, maybe three, four, <laughs> five years in terms of this is going to be the World Cup where the Matildas can mm. break through and shine, semis, finals, potentially even win it. We're here now. We've got through the group stage, uh, and now it's win or go home for the next couple of weeks, and hopefully we are talking about it for a couple of weeks. Can you take us inside camp, what you think the mentality is now? It, does it shift? Does the focus sharpen even further? You know, there's been lots of distractions and the like, but now it's hopefully four games to glory. Um, mm. the, the, the difference in mentality from group stage football to now knockout football over the next couple of weeks. It definitely is. When you go into situations like these, it's, it's knockout now. You lose, you're gone. Um, so I think the girls will all have the mentality and they'll be very focused of it's do or die now. It's, you know, go hard or go home time. Um, so they'll be focusing on what they need to do as an individual and as a team um, each day and doing the right things and preparing the biggest things for these girls. This World Cup was the lead up with the media, obviously, as you just said, this they were, you know, proclaimed this was going to be the World Cup that we that we could potentially win and make a real statement of where we are in the international circuit. And that's a lot of pressure for girls, particularly with the average age of um, the girls that we have in this in this team at this time. Um, for me, they're going to have to really focus and really understand and be able to manage that pressure. And that's part of being a high level athlete. 
and being in the, basically the top five, six in the world. Um, it would be smart for these girls really to, to ignore everything that's been going on in the social media because when you're in the top five, top six, you're going to have criticism. Um, they're not haters. There are obviously some haters in the media, but the girls shouldn't draw any attention to them or highlight and give them credit for their behaviour. Just ignore those types of people and accept that there's going to be positive and negative criticism with your performances. The girls have the opportunity now to, to bring their A game. Um, whether they do or not, it's entirely up to them now. Um, so they need to show us what we've all been saying that they can do Um you know, so it doesn't reflect poorly on on us as a nation. Not even not even saying re- reflect poorly as a nation, but living up to the potential that we have. So then, last one for me: your confidence levels now compared to what they might have been a couple of weeks ago going into the tournament. Where are you sitting in terms of what you think our chances are of progressing as far through this tournament as as we hope is possible? Uh, look, it's it's a tough one because um, I am quite critical a lot of the time in any game that I watch. <laughs> I think my partner sometimes, he just laughs at me and shakes his head. Um, <laughs> but look, if we play where we were playing about three years ago, I think that we have the potential to win this game. Um, but we will have to play smart, play possession-based football, and we need to make sure that our short passing game is on point against the European team. And I think that we need to start being more physical with the opposition as well and stop complaining about all the diving and whatnot. That's part of the game. Um, and we and we need to just get on with it. Um, look, I'm really sitting 50-50 at the moment with whether we'll win this or not because I know how strong the European competition is. I know how technical they are and how much they're, they're a formidable force Europe is at the moment in general. Um, so I'm not going to make a call. I'm going to be saying 50-50. It's going to depend on what players are going to be available and what that lineup will be. Yeah, well played, Riley. Sitting on the fence, we like it. We always do that when we're in doubt. But um, it's an interesting equation now because, of course, I think Tony keeps pointing out that's uh, I think uh, two wins over European opposition in uh, twelve attempts. One of those mm. though was Norway, so it's certainly interesting. The girls uh, dug themselves out of a hole uh, to get to this point. Now the real business starts. Riley, thanks a lot uh, for jumping on today, and hopefully we can uh, speak to you again after the game against Norway. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys.